Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Mexico Open. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. What's going on, guys? What a uh, – it was a golf tournament this week. That is for sure. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> uh, it was a golf tournament. Okay, Great. Greg. Farm is here, Greg. What a it was a golf tournament. Yeah, I, I think you were gonna say what a week. It felt like you were going down there, going down that path. But I'll say it, it's gotta be said, what a week. Um Jake Knapp, pretty cool. A lot of us in the business were on him this week. Uh he stepped up and was uh, played a great first three rounds. Um, so it was cool to watch him. Beyond that, beyond the leaders. It was a golf tournament, a little slow, but pretty, <laughs> but pretty good up top. Uh, Mark Immelman is here. He is sporting a, uh, is that an international hat? I don't think I've seen that one before. I haven't. Yeah. Buenos noches, amigos. I figured, uh, given we were down in Mexico, I've got to go with the international president's cup team. And this was some of the gear from Charlotte, uh, it was actually available in the merchandising tent and the USA one had USA on the front naturally. And the, INT and the golden black was was our guys. So uh, yeah, huh. kind of looks like uh, looks like a hat my boy Kenny Pickett would wear. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> INT baby, <laughs> INT. I just got that. <laughs> so pretty good. All right, gents. This was, or at least could have been, a Jake Knapp coronation. Let me tell you, Patrick, didn't happen because. A bogey on one, a bogey on three, fails to take advantage of the par five sixth, all while Sammy Valamaki makes birdie on four, eagle on seven, and what was once a four-shot lead, a zero-shot lead as they stepped on the eighth tee. For as smooth and free-flowing as that swing was from Jake Knapp the first three days, oh boy, it was... Mm -hmm. It was not great early. Uh, I mean, the first tee obviously left. Number two, he got very lucky not to crawl into the trees with his tee shot and made a nice part there. The third hole, I mean, that looked like one of me out there, to be honest with you. He wasn't even close to touching land. That was straight left. Uh, but to his credit, to his credit, he held Pat, showed a lot of resolve, and kind of looked inward and said, hey, 
after seven holes, I'm still tied for the lead, even though it was horrible first few holes. It's a two-man race between me and Slammy Valimaki, and he got himself to the back nine with a real chance to to win, obviously, and we all know what happened then. I can only imagine, Greg, how fast the world is spinning for you when you're, you know, a handful of starts onto the onto the PGA Tour. You've probably not slept, but if you slept at all, you slept on four shots, and everybody like, you know, putting the crown on your head. How could you? How could you blow a four shot lead? Four shots, four shots. Come on, and then it disintegrates instantly. I I would be woozy with how fast that was going. Yeah. And this, I mean, it's such a dramatic turnaround, right? You, you think about all the categories he was leading the field heading into the final round. I mean, driving distance, strokes gain approach, greens of regulation, proximity to the hole, total birdies, par four scoring, par three scoring. I mean, he was leading the field in everything. It was almost a clean sweep. And all of a sudden he can't, he can't find a fairway. He can't find a swing. He can't find a green. There was nothing working. And I mean, I, you even look at some of these distance numbers. I mean, he was, if you look at all holes, the first three days, he's basically right at 310. And today, all of a sudden, it's 15 yards shorter, right? That's a not a great sign. Uh, you know, a little speed, little speed drop, little club selection changes here and there. Maybe got to go to a little more conservative strategy um, in the two driving distance holes. He was first yesterday in driving distance, 31st today, like a 33 yard drop in distance. Um, he hit nine greens today, leading the field heading in. Um, so a lot of things fell apart for him uh, with the stuff that like Rick, we talked about him on Monday. He was a great play this week. Um, but not for what we saw today. He was a great player for what we saw the first couple of days because of his ball striking ability. And that's not what he leaned on today. Mark, that very confident swing, that guy who was stomping around Vedanta Vallarta for the first three days was a little, a little more, a little more timid on Sunday. You could, you could almost see it in his, in his body language, see it in his face. It, it just didn't feel like the same guy. Now the, the counterpoint of all of that is obviously what you did in the first three days allowed for this luxury, right? That this is why we add him up. We add him up after 72. If this was, if this was just the final 18, it wouldn't be Jake Knapp's trophy, but it is. Yeah. A um, couple things, seven of nine scrambling today. I mean, we can talk about the ball striking. So he's, gets it up and down nearly every single time he's missed. And that's admirable when it's under pressure. But I've always found it curious how a lot of folks, when they handicap players, kind of look at a situation when they're like, all right, we if anyone's going to fall down Sunday, because Sunday's hit different on the PGA Tour, it's going to be with a short game. I, I've always, as a golf swing instructor, sort of looked at the thing and go, you know, golf swings aren't automatic deals. There's so many moving parts. And with someone with a speed like a Jake Knapp, if something's just marginally off, then all of a sudden the whole, the cat the cat's thrown amongst the pigeons in a way. And, and so it's always tough to manage a golf swing. Then you've got some wins and you've got some pressure coming at you and you're playing with a lead. It, it, was, it, it was a grind and I know things turned around, but this sort of stuff happens and I have to, I have to commend him for the way he hung on and the way he scrambled to earn his win. Because in my opinion, this, uh, and this is just opinion, uh, you can have at me if you want. If this was a different type of golf course with 
more punitive rough with faster greens that were smaller. I, I, I don't think, well, he didn't have much pressure on him, but I don't think he wins. I certainly don't because you cannot drive the ball as wide as what he did on a Sunday on the PGA Tour and win. It just doesn't happen. Uh, uh, but but kudos to him. He found a way. And, and you know, oftentimes that first win is the most difficult one. They say the second one is the hardest because you have to now justify the fact that you're not a fluke winner. He's got the game. We know this. But I'll tell you what, with all that money in his back pocket now and with the fact that he's in the signature events, now he's going to go to his coach, Dana Dahlquist, and go, right, there's some stuff we're going to tighten up because uh, today I had to battle to get this thing over the line. But but 10 out of 10, well done. You know, on the on that short game, Mark, you mentioned seven and nine scrambling. If you include par fives, he had nine up and downs today. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's half the holes. Yep. And two of them were failed, right? Now you're at 11. Yeah, and you know it's and you know it's going to grind my gears a little bit because, look, I love to watch him swing at his syrupy. Look, he's freaking powerful. I, I watched him in San Diego. He can move it through the air, but but and the swing is going to get all the love if you watch the PGA Tour account and you watch everyone. They all going to be talking about Jake Knapp's golf swing, right? And they have been doing it, but his skill around the greens today was that was real stuff, man. That was that was Spethian in a way at times to me. Whoa, well, whoa, whoa, yeah, I'm whoa. Come off, come at me, come at me. I, I will not come at you for if it was a different golf course, Jake Knapp would not win because he won it. I think on 16, he was lined up left in that fairway 71 yards wide, and he missed the fairway right mm-hmm. uh, just to go where his swing was. But to compare him to Jordan Spieth around the greens, Okay. That's I, a step too far. I, I was getting excited there. Forgive me. I, 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 I'll stand down, Your Honor. I he did what he had to do. He, he did what he had to do. I'll compare him to Jordan Spieth off the tee. Two fairways, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he and he got everything out of those two fairways, too. Because you look on number two, it, it's amazing to me looking back on his round that he only lost one golf ball. Number two, easily could have found the trees. Number 10, he kind of necked that dr- mini driver that he has, finishes short of the water hazard after Valamaki hits it in the water. And then number 14 as well, where he blows it way right. It hits right of the golf uh, golf cart path, bounces left inside the tree line. So he has a, a way to the green and makes birdie there. And it was just for as good as he hit it the first three days, today was just the polar opposite and you add in the distance numbers that Greg was mentioning and it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I want to, I want to say this, that, that, that downturn in the distance off the tee, not only Patrick were these things wide, they weren't struck out of the middle of the face. Cause if he had squared one or two of those puppies up, they might've been out of Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> yeah. There was a bunch of mishit balls and, and it's the worst place to be for a golfer. You know, you guys have all been there when, you just don't feel like you can get the club back to the ball. And then you're in the final group and you're playing for what's your biggest win of your career. It's a horrible place to be. I mean, I would, I mean, I would contend it's almost worse than standing over five, six, seven, eight foot putts and not feeling like you can make them. Cause when you're standing there with 200 something into a wind and you don't know if you're going to square this up, that is horrible on your nerves. Yeah, and it's a wide golf course, but you're Thankfully. like I, I, I don't yeah, I don't know if I could keep it in play. 
like their trees. I mean, these fairways are 70 yards wide at, at times, at least between the tree. Like you should not have tree trouble out there. And he did at times. <laughs> <laughs> and if you miss fairways too, it's not like you, you know, the ball's nestling down and you're guessing on whether you're getting a jumper or not. That's Pal that Paspalum just sits it up like it's on a team most of the time. So getting it from there to the putting surface is it's not easy by any stretch, but it's certainly not like it could be when we head down the Florida swing now. According to Justin Ray, since we started keeping track of fairways, nobody has ever hit two or fewer fairways in the final round and one on the PGA Tour until today because Jake Knapp just did it. Now, what I, what I think is interesting here is that Sammy Valamaki was really the only one pushing it, which is why, why, why this thing got interesting, Patrick. I mean, Knapp finished five shots clear of third. The guy that he cannot shake is Valamaki, who ends up finishing two shots off the lead. It, it gets obviously very tense late and even more tense on 18. He blows one way right. It's up against the boundary fence. He ends up having to take, um, he has to take a drop and he ends up making par, but that's obviously going to finish his chances for winning this event. I thought for a second, my boy Chan Kim had, had a, had a path there. He, he, he got, he got off to a nice start. They cut to him. So it was, I don't remember what the, maybe he was at 13 under and they cut to him to get to like 14 under or something. And, and nap is just vomiting all over himself. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, Chad Kim, this is going <laughs> to come together here. <laughs> yeah. And then the first full shot I saw of him was lacing one left into the water on the par 39th. Uh, so quickly put that to bed, but it was a dream start for Sam, uh, Sammy Valamaki, both because of Knapp's struggles and because, I mean, he put the heat on him. He, he sensed some uncomfortableness from the leader, and he added a really nice birdie on four, which is one of the more difficult holes there. I think if he had one back that he wanted on the front nine, it would have been that birdie put on the par five six that he missed. But he bounced back immediately and, and hit an unreal drive to six feet on seven to, to tie this thing up. And, Going in the back nine, just given the trajectories of both their days, you probably sit there and think Sammy Valamaki is going to win this golf tournament. There were a couple, uh, like, uh, looking at that front nine, Patrick, it's like when you're four back, if he makes the putt on three, which is 17 feet, I'm not saying he should have made it, but you're four shots back. That, and and your opponent is just rinsed it in the water that shouldn't even really be in play. Like that is a opportunity to really change things. He misses that one, does get it back at four, uh, and and six. It was a a six footer that he missed. And you think about how different this would have been. What Jake Knapp's world that was already spinning would have felt like if he had those. Three, you know, those two opportunities and he's at who, what do you shoot? 32. If he shot 30 going out, which is, I mean, it's a six footer and a, and a 16 footer. It's a big step, but that's what you got to do when you're four back. The, I think he would have won this tournament. Actually, probably either one of those go down and he probably wins this tournament because it would just be, it would be too much for, for nap who wasn't really able to, 
make a lot of birdies because he couldn't hit he he couldn't hit the, he couldn't hit it close. You know, he had to rely on short game the entire time. So just a little more from Valimaki early could have really turned the world upside down for Nap. I saw Greg a number on uh, Nap's proximity. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was in the 60 foot range today uh, on approach shots and average on the tour is about 32 ish, I would say, proximity wise. But you know what? I'll I, tell you. I, I couldn't help while you look, I couldn't help but watch. I've seen Valamaki play before in South Africa where he contended one time. And then I watched him some. Um, he was not in our show, Tory Pines, but he was in the group that I was covering. And he looked, he's a big, burly guy, almost he and Jake Knapp. To me, I like the prototypical PGA Tour player where you just got to hit it big one week. You got to catch lightning in a bottle and, and you get your win, hopefully, and then you're out of there kind of thing. Because both of their games are, are there's good stuff, but I wouldn't say consistency is the, the hallmark of it all. And as I've watched Valimaki before, with the way he swings it, he's a victim to this wide right. And when he made that run on the front side, I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's becoming a thing. But that tee shot on 10 is freaking impossible. And you're playing it into a quartering left to right breeze. And for a right-hander who fights a blocked cut, that is like purgatory, man. You, you, are, you, are, you are one foot from hell as a golfer standing over the top of the thing. And lo and behold, he stands there and is late on the thing and blocks it in the water. And I'm like, oh, goodness, here we go. And then he pulled off the one on 16 because that was a similar shot with a similar wind with trouble on the right. And he hit a good one. But then on 18, he goes and stands one up and blocks it off to the right-hand side too. So it's also for him good news because it's something that he can work on because he's proven now he's got the chops to compete. So now he sort of knows, okay, when I'm under pressure, this is my shot. This is where I'm going to clean something up. Even if I don't change my golf swing, develop some sort of a go-to that I can keep the thing in play. And then from there, at least not you know put fives and sixes and stuff on the scorecard when I'm in contention, you know? It definitely felt like he was saving it. Like he makes some swings where he's really trying to protect against the right. Um, and it was, by the way, 60 feet, 11 inches for nap. And uh, heading into the day, he led in that field, uh, in that category. And it was either, it was, I believe, 31 feet, uh, which was leading. So, I mean, almost doubled his proximity today. Don't don't you team no putt dudes ever come offer me that story again where the guy's going to flush it on a Sunday. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Uh, I saw Sammy Valamaki, Patrick, do something I don't think I remember seeing anybody else do, which is when you blast it to the right up against the boundary fence and the official comes over, you ask him for a score update, which mm. he asked. he asked to confirm – the score, which at first it sounded like he wanted to know how far back behind Jake Nappy was, which I think he knew. I, I think he was actually asking, how much space do I have to third? Which was which was three shots because he's thinking, if can I can I get away with making a double here? How stupid can I be? Which I thought was pretty savvy. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody ask a scoring official what the scores are before. Did my boy Patrick Cantley do that? The final hole. At the Shriners when he blew up with Tom Kim. People maybe. do it more than they, they do it more than you think. I mean, they are asking us constantly. Oh, my my spotter on the course, Craig, he's getting questions from caddies and players nonstop because he's out in front of me a little bit. So yeah, it happens. 
I, I think Patrick, I remember what you're saying. I think, uh, I think he and his caddy definitely talked about it. I don't know if he asked our rules official about it, which okay. I, yeah. <laughs> as he's taking his drop process. <laughs> yeah. The bag man can't lay, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton to play for, not just winning this week. And I know this tournament in general, we make fun of it because I mean, you have the pillow fight of the final group. It, it was like kind of an eh Sunday to tell you the truth outside of the, you know, sort of drama, but th these are golf tournaments that are needed. They create stars. Who knows if Jake Knapp is going to turn into a star. I mean, he's 29. He's an older rookie for sure, but we see it all the time. Look back at last year. I was looking through Wyndham Clark's stat profile today. Last year he played in Corrales. That's how far he's come in a year. Wyndham Clark played in Corrales last year, and now he holds probably three of the best trophies on the PGA Tour. So I, I know it didn't work out for Sammy, and but a lot of these guys, like Ben Silverman, who didn't really have a great final day, and everyone inside the top 10, a lot of those DP World Tour guys, Bob McIntyre finally flashed something. Uh, there's a lot of play for in a top 10 finish, and obviously a lot of money uh, got, got people into the cognizant last week. And for Valimaki, it's... I mean, the DP World Tour guys are kind of showing up so far in 2024. Big time. Uh, well, let's let's talk about some of those guys at T3. Steven Yeager, CT Pan, Justin Lauer, and Greg, let's talk about Yeager because we talk a lot about him on Mondays and we ask a similar question. What is his ceiling? Are we getting closer to finding out an answer to that question? Yes, we are. Uh, and I think it's pretty clear now that uh, Win is certainly uh, available to him. He he has what it takes to win on the PGA Tour. Uh, and you think about what he's worked on and it's driving distance. And you see on a golf course like this, you see on a golf course like Torrey Pines, how much of an advantage that is. And this week, he he led the... Steven Yeager led the field in driving distance uh, on, on the two-hole measurement. Uh, on all holes, he was fourth. So that's a huge weapon that he's developed. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're starting to see that same consistent performance throughout the bag. Uh, he gained strokes in every single area. Um, nothing aside from the distance really stands out. But that's what he's done for a long time. And now the statistical profile, which where the finishes weren't really matching up, now all of a sudden they're starting to match up. And I think it's a it's a really good sign for Steven Yeager. He's getting close. This is uh, an event with some headliners. We're going to hit those notables. We are going to talk more about the way that our bets broke down for this week, put a result recap on those. And then, of course, we will look at the one and done standings. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
we're back. Let's hit some notables. And Mark, we're going to start with Tony Finau here. It was a Sunday 68, which completes four rounds in the 60s. He ends up finishing T13, but he was just never in it. He was just kind of at arm's length for the entirety of this event. I am curious, and I have not asked Boyd's summaries about this. But Tony's golf swing is getting to a place where there's just so much shape between the backswing and the downswing going on. And he carries a very, very weak left-hand grip, which means the left hand's turned to the side of the club. And through contact, he leads the face as much as anybody through contact. So he's always playing slightly open-faced as a result. And then he's got this big shallowing move. And to me, I'm like, I'm waiting for the right shot. And lo and behold, I'm watching on Thursday morning. He's my one and done pick. He gets to number eight. Rick, I complained about this Sunday night. Wind in off the left. You can, there's kingdom come down the left-hand side there. And he's late on one and blocks it in the middle of the water. And then whenever I watched him, he would get, sort of make some headway, get some traction. And all of a sudden, late and right on something as well. So I, I don't know if he's in the midst of something. So I, I'm not going to sit here and be critical. Because last year, this time at this event, is the best I've ever seen him swing it. I actually, on Sunday, prior to the final round, went up to him. I'm like, dude, do you mind if I get some footage? And so I videoed his swing from both sides because he looked sublime. Uh, this year, there's a whole lot. If you watch the shaft going back and where it is coming down, there's a lot of differential between that stuff. And, um, you know, he said he wants to start going faster, and we saw that. But with all that stuff and with the shaft being a little late and the face playing open, if you add speed to that equation, it's uh, it could get dicey. So so I'm curious. I felt like there was good stuff, but there was a little too much inconsistency for someone who should be you know contending for events whenever he plays. Yeah, that's a really interesting analysis. And Patrick, was it you who last night said he's got that putter toe back down? Uh, it's on down. Earth's surface as opposed to the stratosphere? Big Tone's toe has surfaced on the putting greens. <laughs> the Big Tone, as we <laughs> like to call it, is is back down. Well, also there, Patrick, uh, T13 was Maverick McNeely. 70, 70, 67, 66. He made five birdies on his outward nine on Sunday. He did exactly what we would expect him to, finishing 12th in the field in putting this week, but he was sixth in strokes gained off the tee. He's looking healthy. I still don't – we have not learned – in my opinion, who Mav McNeely is, but he basically lost an entire year because of that injury. What we do know is he is a pilot. And <laughs> I will say this is the second straight tournament where we think about Maverick McNeely. Like you said, he's the best putter on the PGA Tour, ranked number one in strokes game putting last year in the limited starts he had. But the ball striking's return. He hit the ball fantastic in Phoenix. He did so again uh, this week. It's a bit of a shame. It came kind of towards the end of the California swing. Felt like Mav, given his ties to that state in Stanford, would have had a little bit of a better run. But it, it's exciting to see. And he's a guy who obviously was really highly touted out of Stanford, matching Tiger Woods records for wins. It just hasn't materialized for one reason or no, another on the PGA Tour. And given the amount of first-time winners we're seeing, maybe uh, maybe he picks one off here soon. That's, that was like a subtle... A subtle call there, Patrick. Hey, no, 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 no. I got my call for next week. It's Keith Mitchell. Just, you know, wait on that, though. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's recap some of our calls from this week. Josh, do we have our grid that we can share with the people? So 
A uh, couple of matchups went begging. Those are pushes. Pendrith and Dietrich both missed the cut, I believe. Greg, you found Brandon Wu over Ryan Fox. That was not even a sweat for you because Ryan Fox did not make the weekend. Brandon Wu finished T13. Yes, uh, plays very well here. So that's now a tied second, uh, third, and a T13. Pretty good record in Mexico for Brandon Wu. Uh, he, he's hitting the ball really well. And the thing keeping him out of contention this week was just a, a bad first round. So it was really nice to see him get back on board with the 67 in the second round, make the cut, and move his way right up the leaderboard, even though it, all he had to do was make the cut. Kyle had Parker Cootie to finish inside the top 30. He did that. Mark, you did the thing where you <laughs> the guy who wins at some uh, much less finishing position. Uh, you could have gone 29 spots upwards. <laughs> I could have. Um, well, look, we've all learned better now. But the thing about Jake, because I went for the top 30, I thought that was a steal. Uh, you know, like I said about the golf swing and stuff, there's still a little growing up to do there. And so I always felt like, you know, he had perhaps one sort of crazy day in him. And thankfully for him, that crazy day happened after he had played like a superstar for three rounds. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm remiss at that, but I'm still just glad to finally win a bet. Yes, they all help. And I, I actually have a confession to make here. I have to come clean. Producer Josh has marked Joseph Bramlett top 30 as a win for me because why not? He was in it for the entirety of this event until the second nine on Sunday where he shot a 39, including a double bogey on 17. He made par on 18, a hole that he should crush. And he shot a 74 and he finished T38. So Josh, as much as I appreciate you trying to cook the books for me, um, we're going to have to switch that one. That's an L. Classy move, Rick. Classy wow, move. Rick. I know he you're was. talking cooking the books. I know you're not a McKenzie alum, so we appreciate it. <laughs> Rick, you know, not just a pretty face. You got all of that uh, substance about you. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, I lose that Joseph Bramlett wager. We do not have Jake Knapp amongst our outrights. Mark Adam, obviously, that finishing position as well. And then we went two and two in our best bets. The winners, Doug Gim, top 20. Doug Gim's playing some pretty darn good golf. Yeah, he that, is. That was Kyle. He finished T8 for plus 200. And Greg, uh, yeah, you you – you found another guy playing great golf. You had Steven Yeager inside the top 20. We already talked about him finishing T3. So you had yourself a pretty good week here. Yeah, automatic, um, unbeaten in the best bets. That's why they're called best bets. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing. But one for one's a nice place to be. And, you know, my other finishing position was Davis Thompson, top 20. Kind of, you have him, Mark. He was all over our board. And he finished one shot out of top 20. With a, he made a double bogey today at eight, driving me crazy. Almost a almost a really solid week, but not quite. Now, Patrick, we didn't get a chance uh, to have you on Tuesday, so we didn't get a, a a positivity parlay. But I imagine it would have been Jake Knapp to win, Sammy Valamaki to finish second, Steven Yeager top five, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> You, you know me too well, Rick. Uh, I do have a question. I don't know if anyone knows this, but given uh, Doug Gim's current form, is he in the Players' Championship? Because he always pops up there. Uh, I can, if you give me like 25 seconds, I can probably find out. Okay, that's good. But um, actually, I do have a funny story 
Okay, do, we, we could do that, or we can also talk about P Bradley in the chat said Patrick's hair is underrated, which I disagree with. I think it is very highly rated, and I think everyone understands that. I can't imagine anyone that's underrating it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Bradley. Uh, Joe Musso and myself actually talk about products uh, quite often when we're in the green room on HQ, but a story about Doug Gim, I was uh, watching the Junior PGA Championship back in the day when Doug Gim was playing. God bless his mother. I was starving, starving. Gave me a pack of pretzels. I've been a Doug Gim fan ever since. <laughs> wow. The moms always have snacks in their, in their purses. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a good move. Uh, Doug Gim is in, is, is in the players. Yes. Okay. Top 40 finished. Lock it in. There you go. Put it down, Josh. That's Patrick's best bet for the it's, players. His line in Vegas has just gotten worse. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Patrick line mover McDonald. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, gents. Well, listen, here's what we're going to do. We've got to put a bow on our one and done for this week. We're going to do that. But first, we'll take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The one and done. Josh, release the board. Show the people what happened. That is what happened. These are uh, unofficial. So when everything gets locked up, you know, the tie splits, all that stuff, you'll see it on Monday morning. But here is essentially, oh, those are the updated standings. Those mm, are Patrick. Yeah, that's not earnings for one week. I got a little excited when I saw 1.8 million next to Maverick Neely's name. That that's not true. So here, here's that's whole year. Here are the payouts. That's the whole hey, year. Patrick. Hey Patrick, what up? Yeah, was, Patrick. Uh, sorry, someone was calling me. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> now in the basement, thanks to 18,792 from Nikolai Hoygaard. Look, I think a uh, point you just made is very important for the listeners to realize. These are unofficial well, standings. <laughs> These are unofficial standings. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm already I, I'm I'm over this season already. This is <laughs> this is miserable. I haven't had a guy like sniff like the top ten even. I think my best guy has been like a T eighteen at the Sony. <laughs> it's just been so bad. Yeah, it's not, you're not even to a million. Oh, the, what's sad, what's really sad is you're still in the mid. I mean, you're a week away. I, I'm an East Coast guy, Greg. Bermuda, bent grass, get me off Poana, pass bottom. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, I don't need that. Uh, so, do you I, I need, know 
do you know Patrick who who has earned you the most money this year? Is it I'm Brian right. Harmon? No. Uh, Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay got you four hundred fifty thousand at the Century, which was a signature no cut event. And your best finish, your best finish was eighth. That was Adam Scott in Phoenix, two hundred forty eight thousand. That was a pretty good pick. That's a good play. Um, yeah. So that's basically all the money you've made. Yeah. Correct. Those two. Yeah. That's right, Greg. I need to get. I need to go back to back at the API and players. That's my only chance for the entire year. Well. I don't think that's true, but um, Mark has already puffed out his chest because he has moved from sixth to fifth. Thanks to Tony Finau's $143,000 onwards and upwards. I, I was disappointed at Finau with that this week, but I'll take it. I was just looking through my picks that have been all over the board. I, I've got all cuts made, but uh, haven't really made a splash. My biggest splash has been um, Marikawa in a signature event at LA last week. So just like uh, Patrick, I need a big run now through these uh, signature events in Florida. Mark has seven selections. Six of them have made over $100,000, but none have made more than 251000 So you're and, then I've got, and I've got a goose and I've got a goose egg for the first one in the season. Remember that one. Yeah, you're living right in that cut of it. Yeah. 11th to 19th world right now. Need us. Uh, last year, I think I had five winners. I need. Uh, I need to, a little mojo uh, change here. Well, don't don't get don't get. You know, you don't have to start anytime soon. You can you can wait a little bit. Uh, Greg, you also had Tony Finau. Josh also had Tony Finau. So one hundred forty three thousand there across the board. Greg, you are solidly in fourth. You're five hundred thousand dollars clear of Mark. You're two hundred thousand dollars behind Kyle. I feel like uh, my results have been similar to Mark, just with eight starts. It feels like, yeah, top twenties, but not really top tens, which is fine. It's a little frustrating, and when we look at the overall board, it's like just kind of getting lapped. So I need a win, a second, a win, maybe run off a couple of one-two finishes over the next you know, 13 weeks or so, that'd be nice. I mean, there's like, there's like hundreds of millions of dollars left to be earned. So, right, right. It just feels like we're like mm -hmm. creeping up, creeping on it. But yeah. what we learned last year with the designated signature events, it, consistency is not the game. Like I, I would be three years ago, this would be, I'd be right on pat. Do this all year. Good chance of winning. Now, Today's day in it with all these purses doesn't work. Not not this year. Not this year indeed. I got 143,000 from Mav McNeely. Great. A win. That's a win. I'll take that. I'm mm -hmm. still second. Moved. Josh, Josh has made $2 million. I'm at 1.8. Kyle at 1.7. Greg 1.5. Mark at 1 million. And Patrick at 951,000. The crazy thing, gentlemen that there were, I hate to say this, 15, I'm sorry, 14 Jake Knapp selections. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Erroneous. Erroneous. That's why. We should get those dudes on the show. I mean, I, I, was, I was good with a top 30 for him. Not a win. Yeah. This is not good. One it of them. Took one me until May to freak out last year. 
picking Ricky Fowler at the PGA Championship, I'm going to barely make it to March. One of, them has a, one of them has a username that I can't repeat on air. And then we did have we did have one. There was one Sammy Valabaki selection. Wow. Wow. That's more surprising. Hey, by it, the way, while, while you're sharing this useful information, my dad is not wine lover Johan, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's, another, there's another wine loving Johan. Yeah, you must uh, hit us in the chat. I'd like to meet you. Yes, let us know. Ex expo out yourself. Expose yourself. We we want to hear from you. So unofficially, 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 OK Boomer has the lead at five point four million already. Hey, hey, hey. It's not a bad first quarter. There are three different users over five million. Uh, now, actually, they didn't make up that much ground. Oh, Pat Sullivan did have Steven Yeager, but okay. Uh, let's see. The big boy team, remember them? He had Hoygaard in Mexico, so he only got 19,000. So he didn't really, he didn't extend or anything. It's a good pick. He and Patrick were hanging out in Charleston drinking uh, on before Tuesday. <laughs> That's a good pick. I'm going to find um, – uh, here's what I want to do. I want to find the person who has made at least every selection who is in the farthest down. How about – might be Jeff. Might be Jeff. Nope. Might be might me. Be no, it's not you. While you're looking, I do want to say this. The guy in 10th, you have my admiration. In the era where people are mixing up your and your um, with the spelling, at least he's got your, obviously not a golfer, pr properly spelled. So that that is settling with my soul. He's just missing an apostrophe, right, Mark? Exactly. <laughs> I'm watching that. I'm that guy. <laughs> I love this. I feel bad for French dip. French dip has <laughs> Has made $101,000 making seven selections. Sony Lucas Glover, fine, misses the cut. Steven Yeager at the Amex, Patrick Cantlay at the Farmers, Xander Shoffley at the AT&T, Sung J.M. in Phoenix, the DQ from Jordan Spieth at the Genesis. Wow. <laughs> and then Nikolai Hoygaard this week. That Without knowing any of those results, that is a path a lot of people could have gone down. Yes. Some, some didn't. I mean, uh, Patrick's burner, I'm sure about it. You <laughs> would think French Dip would take Matthew Pavone. You would think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what's he doing? Yeah. Zero sympathy in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the other fun part where you have like a thousand people in here that there are, so there, there are some oddities for sure. Uh, okay, gentlemen. Well, listen. We're headed to Florida. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to play the event formerly known as the Honda Classic. Rory McIlroy is going to be in the field. Ricky Fowler, who is a past champion, is going to be in the field. We're going to go to Bermuda for the first time. It should be a lot of fun. Any final thoughts before we get out of here and just put a bow on Mexico? Yeah. I got one. Mark, you go. I'm on the call on the mainstream on PGA Tour Live at like 6.45 a.m. on Thursday morning at the Cognizant Classic. Come join us. Beautiful. We will be there. Uh, my father played PGA last week, last Thursday. Shot wow. 89. Wow. Shot That's like awesome. a, a 20 handicap. Stuff. So yeah. I'm putting a challenge out to any PGA Tour players. 
if you do not beat my father, you must relinquish your PGA Tour card. Your dad shot a 20 at PGA. Uh, your dad shot an 89 at PGA National as a 20. That's like got to be his best round of the year. It's among them. Yes. Yeah. That, that brings up a good question. We should have a little round table here. What highest score at PGA National this week? Who's going to do it? Or what do we think it's going to be? What the score is. Somebody's going to put like six balls in the water. And that adds up to uh, 89. <laughs> 83. 86. All right. Mm. Patrick says 83. It's par 70. Yeah. I'm going 80. I'm, I'll say, uh, I'll say 82. I'm going dollar. <laughs> I, I gotta pick something different. I'm going 81. I, I'm I'm rating PGA Tour players. So what did you say, Mark? 81. 81. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what did you say? 82. I don't like that I went as high as I did. It is a par 71 this year, Greg. They they oh. they're changing 10 from a par a 508 yard par four to a 530 yard par five. Okay, good hole. Yeah, it's still a good hole. You're right. Good par four, but it'll be a good par five too. They'll all reach it. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter much. Probably brings 86 more into play. Yeah, do you understand if Kyle was on the show now, we'd be talking about the fact that par is a, is a construct and it should abolish the thing immediately. And you just did it for him. You, just, you, you have been infected with the <laughs> Kyle virus. Uh, and he just got you. He just got you to say it. Gonna go walk it off now. Yeah. Tough. Mm. Okay. Anything else? That was good. Good one, Patrick. Very well done. Yeah. I I'm excited for Honda. It's a it's good field. Uh, cognizant. Excuse me. It, it's a good field. It's a hard golf course. It, it is a completely different. I mean, imagine if Jake Knapp was playing <laughs> PGA National today. <laughs> he 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 wouldn't have a PGA Tour card based on based on the rule I just said. <laughs> I'm not poking for the guy. He won on the PGA. I'm just saying there's like a, a lot of golf courses on the PGA tour and on the West coast swing allow for errancy. And this one just, it's just not accepted. You can't, you cannot do it at PGA national. So I can't wait to watch. I seem to recall, I'm speaking off the top of my head and I'm zipping through the golf course, but I think there's water in play in more than two thirds of the holes around that place. It's, oh, it's the phenomenal. official, the official count is 15. I, when I went through them, I counted 16. So there must be one that like they don't think is in play, but maybe with my game, it's in play. But there are, mm -hmm. it's either 15 or 16 holes where water's in play. And look out for it. I uh, had a, a gratuitous promotion here, um, releasing an Eric Cole podcast tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, because remember, he made his big splash last yes. year at this event. And it turned into a rookie of the year. And it was fascinating to hear him talk about going through holes like the bear trap under pressure. It's that, those, that stretch of golf, that stretch of golf is real. It really is. What did your dad shoot in the bear trap, Patrick? I don't know, but he did birdie 10. I don't know if that was the par four or par five though. It's a five for the members. So it's probably a okay. five. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right, well, we will be back Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the Cognizant Classic. Big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Patrick McDonald. You can find him at P. McDonald, CBS, Greg Ducharme at The Real, GFD, Mark Immelman, at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.